Welcome to Commission. I'm Pastor Eric Teitelman. And I'm Jed Robine. In each episode, we will talk about the gospel of the kingdom, declaring God's heart for the restoration of Israel and all the nations. So join us as we together explore the mysteries of the one new man. Welcome back to the Commission Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Jed Robine, and we're going to continue our discussion. We've gone back in time a little bit to look at some church history, starting really with the commissioning that Jesus gave to the Jewish people to become a light to the nations, and that they would be his witnesses from Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth to make disciples of all nations. And we see that Later on, we talked about in the story with Peter and Cornelius, we see that Peter is really one of the very first Jewish apostles that God commissions to send into the home of a Gentile centurion, actually who was part of the Roman Empire and the Roman army. They were enemies of the Jewish people. And here God sends Peter into his home and bring the the Holy Spirit, the commissioning of the Holy Spirit and the message of the gospel to his house, entire household, and they're all saved. And so he's really the first one where we see God using him to bring, to be a light to the nations and to bring God's salvation to the nations. So the church is now beginning to grow, not just with Jewish believers. We know there were thousands of believers in and around Jerusalem after the day of Pentecost, but the gospel is now also starting to go out into the Hellenist communities surrounding Israel, into these Greek communities, and many of the Hellenists were starting to become followers of Jesus as well. And there's this tension that is rising up, and we see this in Acts chapter 15. The council in Jerusalem, Paul and Barnabas, were essentially arguing with Judaizers. They're called Judaizers in Scripture. These were men most likely proselytes. They had converted to Judaism, and they were very religious, very zealous for the law of Moses. And here we see, finally, that the council in Jerusalem settles this issue, and they do not burden the Gentiles with the law of Moses, or with circumcision, or with anything else that the Jewish people had been under for thousands of years. And so the letter is written. Paul and Barnabas probably take that letter then back and begin to distribute it to all of the Gentile communities, so we've got this issue settled. But now we're going to talk a little bit more about Paul's revelation about what the one new man is supposed to look like. We see, again, that God was already tearing down the wall of hostility. I'll talk about that first, and because that's one of the first things that Paul talks about. He says, this wall of hostility has been removed by the blood of Jesus. In other words, in his flesh, by his shedding of his blood, Jesus himself has removed this wall of hostility. And we see that, you know, with Peter, for example, he is still feeling that he's got this burden initially, that he can't break the law of Moses and go into the home of a Gentile. And God says, no, look, don't call common what I have made clean. And so he is beginning to understand that God has removed the sting of the law for the Jewish people and that they can go out now and begin building relationships with Gentiles who are that love the God of Israel, that are friendly to the Jewish people. And so he's torn down this wall of hostility. So Jed, why don't you go ahead and take that theme? I know you've got a lot you want to share about that. I mean, it's an amazing letter, the letter of Ephesians. It's called the Queen of the Epistles. 
really one of my favorite letters in the Bible, books in the Bible, written to Gentiles, the church of Ephesus. And so Paul, you know, I love this man of God, who's a spiritual father to, to so many that God is writing scripture through this man because of the revelation he carried. And he has a pristine education at the feet of Gamaliel, who history says is one of the foremost Jewish rabbis of his time. Gamaliel is actually quoted in Acts chapter 5 and drops a, a wisdom bomb uh, on what's going on there. He's the, the, if you remember the story, the, the disciples are actually getting whipped and beaten for preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. And Gamaliel's there, and he kind of tells the other Sanhedrin, he says, hey, wait a minute, let's, uh, maybe we shouldn't be so quick to beat these guys. Mm-hmm. If this is of God then we're going to find out we're fighting against him. If it's not of God, it's going to wither and, and just fall mm. away. So let's restrain ourselves and not whip them right now, which is really a, a nice you know window into who Gamaliel is a little bit. He's a peacemaker mm-hmm. trying to be on the side of God and not be too rash mm. in into judgment. But here's Paul as a disciple of Gamaliel. He's come forward his through that education as a, as a Pharisee of Pharisees, and then he's radically saved. On the road to Damascus, Jesus reveals himself to him, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Mm-hmm. And so Paul is so zealous for God that he's killing Christians, and now he realizes he's been, he's been fighting against the one that he loves mm-hmm. all along, and he's wrecked. And he considers himself the lowest of all Christians, is what Paul says of himself. I'm the least deserving Christian of all, he says mm-hmm. here in this letter, chapter 3. But he is also tutored for a period of time in the deserts by the Holy Spirit, which is amazing. A long time. He's got a pristine academic education and religious education Mm -hmm. by man. And then he gets an even more pristine one-on-one tutelage in the deserts by God himself. Mm -hmm. And so my point in laying out a little bit of a window here into the Apostle Paul's life is just to say, this is a powerhouse a, a a theological powerhouse, a man of, of the spirit and a man of the word, mm-hmm. a man radically devastated by the love of God mm. to where he's, he considers himself a bond slave mm-hmm. of Jesus. That there's, in fact, he says, I'm, I, because of the Lord's terror, I'm preaching the gospel. Mm. He is so compelled with this message that he endures shipwrecks and beatings and mm. rejections and betrayals. And he says, we are apostles, we are paraded out like the dung of the earth. Mm. And that's his experience. And he, he looks at it and says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm. So I just like to think about the vessels through which the Lord uses, because it's part of his message. You know, Paul is this radical messenger. And here he is writing this wonderful epistle to the Gentiles. And he calls himself the apostle to the Gentiles. That's right. So God chooses a Pharisee of Pharisees, pristine Jewish education, master of, the, of understanding Torah, mm-hmm. to now take and bring understanding to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And he chooses Peter, rough, calloused hand, fisherman from Galilee, mm-hmm. really would have been considered uneducated, right. to go and, and, and preach the gospel to the Jews. I love God's ways. Mm-hmm. The foolish things he chooses to shame the wise, mm-hmm. the weak things to shame the strong. And he, he undoes our 
understandings of these things. And so he sends Paul, and, and here Paul says to you Gentiles, you are outsiders by birth. Hmm. But now you have been brought near. We Jews were near, you know, but this wall of hostility that you talked about, Eric, that separated us, it's been torn down by the blood of Jesus. And now he's mm-hmm. brought the two together and he's making out of the two one new man. Right. So the law that God had given the nation of Israel, that Israel was to remain separate from their Gentile nations, not to marry with their daughters or give their sons to their daughters, that, that law has been fulfilled now in Christ. And so because, because Christ has fulfilled the law, then the law no longer remains in effect as a means of separating us as the Jews from the Gentiles. He's yes. torn down that wall. And that wall that was there actually created hostility. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what Paul says. There was this wall of enmity or hostility between Israel and these surrounding Gentile nations. And I believe that a lot of that hostility probably came about because of either jealousy mm-hmm. or because the Gentiles were essentially cut off from God's covenant promises and blessings, and they saw Israel was was blessed by God. And they were part of and privy to God's covenant blessings and promises. So they're basically, they're, they're outsiders. Mm-hmm. You know, as I've heard, you know, some people say that they've, you know, felt like second-class citizens as Gentiles. Well, in that time period before Christ came, they were truly second-class citizens in God's kingdom. I mean, even in the temple in Jerusalem, the, the Gentiles could not come into the inner court. They had an outer court, court of the Gentiles. They were unclean to the That's Jews. Right. But Christ has fulfilled this law, every law of Moses. He's fulfilled all of it perfectly and torn down that law of separation. And he has now opened up his covenant promises and blessings to the Gentile nations. And uh, amen and well spoken. And uh, I, would, I would just add, you know, one idea here in the, in the Greek language itself, the word new. Mm-hmm. Really, it, it, the connotation is unprecedented. Yes. It is something that's never been done before. Mm-hmm. And the word man there probably goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. It, basically, the Greek word there is anthropos, which mm-hmm. is humanity. So God is creating a single unprecedented humanity. Yeah. Through our faith in Jesus, we're literally born again. Obviously, right. we use that vernacular all the time. But we're born in, not just as individuals, in, into an individualized salvation. We're actually born into a community and into a family of faith mm-hmm. that uh, has been going on for thousands of years. Right. And so, you know, Paul talks about us being transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So we are, I guess the point that I'm making is that if you're a believer, you're part of a story. Yes. You're part of a covenantal timeline. Part and of a kingdom. You're, yeah, you're part of a kingdom. You're part of a family. Mm-hmm. And while your individual faith certainly is important, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, absolutely have your personal quiet times, but don't forget that there's that you're connected to not just the believers that are alive right now on Earth today. Right. You're connected to the believers that are alive in Christ f- throughout the generations. The That's the right. great cloud of witnesses. They're not dead. That's right. You know, God is the God of the living, not the God, not of, the the God of the dead. That's right. And so we're connected to the hall of heroes of the, of the faith. And that's that's our journey. That's our family. And that's what Paul's been commissioned mm-hmm. to bring the revelation of the Gentiles here is 
you guys are part of this. That's right. You're part of this expression of God's family. Right. And so I love as he continues on and he gets into uh, you know chapter three. And obviously there's no chapter breaks when he wrote this letter. No. Uh, it's one continual thought. But we tend to kind of think when we see a chapter break, we subconsciously think, okay, he's downshifting into a new thought. Uh-huh. He's actually not. He's, he's actually clarifying quite, quite clearly why he's writing this to them. And he says, you know, I've been given this privilege. I'm mm-hmm. in chains because of this gospel. This is a mystery, is yeah. what he calls it. The mystery, that's it's right. A mystery that has not been made known to previous generations, but it's made, been made known now. Right. And so one thing that we need to reckon with here is the word mystery. It's yes. a truth that is revealed, or, or a truth that is concealed, that, re- that needs to be revealed. That's right. And we know from Joseph and, and Daniel that God is the revealer. Uh-huh. Of mysteries, yes. And so, you know, I think it's it's uh, instructive to look at uh, and informative to look at Ephesians one when Paul says, "I pray," uh, Ephesians one seventeen through nineteen. I pray mm-hmm. that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation mm-hmm. to illuminate your flood your heart with light. Mm-hmm. You know, so that you'll understand. Right. It takes God to understand God. That's right. That's my point. And so this mystery that Paul has been given charge over, that he's suffering for, he's in prison, it's a, it's a bunker buster revelation. Mm. And, and, and then he lays it out so simply, this is the mystery. Mm-hmm. Gentiles are joint heirs together mm-hmm. with Israel of the, to the promises of God. And that is, inc- that is an incredible mystery and would have been to the minds of the Jewish people of that time mind-blowing because, yes. again, they were under the law, and the law separated them from the Gentiles. And again, going back to Peter, and he has this encounter where, you know, he's arguing with the Lord three times until he finally realizes, wait a minute, God's, he's now, the God has made these Gentiles holy, mm. and dare I call anything that God has called holy unclean or common. And so he's beginning to get this this revelation, because it was a mystery. It was concealed. I mean, Paul actually begins his discourse on the mystery. He, he begins with Christ, and he says, I share with you this, this mystery, which is Christ and the church. And then he goes on to talk about the mystery of the Gentiles. And so there, there are really three mysteries that are unpackaged there. And to mm-hmm. the Jews of the first century, they were while they were expecting Messiah to come, Jesus was a mystery. I mean, the reason that many of the Jews missed Jesus was because they were looking for the wrong Messiah. Mm. They were looking for a king that was going to come and destroy their enemies and deliver them from their enemies, from Rome in this case, right. and, and, and restore. That's why the, the apostles, going back to that story we talked about earlier, when they came to, to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, is it now the time that you're going to basically get rid of all these Romans and restore the kingdom to Israel? That's pretty much what they were asking because right. they wanted to know if he was the true Messiah. And that's what they were looking for. So Christ was a mystery. And then this, this church, I'm like, what is this church thing? Because, you know, Israel was, was never a mystery. But, but Paul says the church was a mystery. Well, the, the mystery was that the God was going to bring the Gentiles and the Jewish people together as one family of God, one people of God. That's the ecclesia. That is the great assembly, the kahal of every tongue and tribe and nation. We see it in, in Revelation chapter 5. Yeah. And we see it again in Revelation chapter 7, that standing before the throne in heaven of every tongue and tribe and nation and people 
worshiping the lamb, worshiping the king. It was this mystery. The Jewish people were not expecting that the Gentiles were somehow going to become part of the kingdom of God. They never entered their thought or their minds. And it, and it's it's there. It's like, you know, when Jesus fulfills something and the, the disciples didn't catch it right then, but then as they're reflecting there, they're like, oh, in this way he fulfilled this scripture. That's right. You know, the, the allusions are throughout the Old Testament. You uh-huh. know, like, for example, there's there's scriptures that talk about the, the, the knowledge of God filling uh, and the glory of God filling the earth like the waters cover the sea. Right. You know, that, that the word of the Lord is going to go out of Zion and it's going to rule the nations, you mm-hmm. know. And, and so there is this amazing messianic kingdom vision that many of the prophets talk about. Mm-hmm. And yet there's still this mysterious birth of the the one new humanity, the unprecedented representation mm-hmm. of, obviously, Paul talks, it's the body of Christ. It's That's right. Jew and Gentile. And I love that it's so succinct, joint heirs mm-hmm. together. Right. And and so the word joint means that we're, we're linked. Linked together. We are That's connected right. by covenant. You, in, in, our, in our relationship, for example, just as we're sitting here on this podcast, you're a Jewish man. Mm-hmm. I'm a Gentile man. We are linked together. We're one in Messiah. That's right. Because of the blood of Messiah, mm-hmm. we are now in a relationship together, and we're linked forever because of what he did. We're family. Mm-hmm. We're spiritual family. That's right. And we're heirs. Heirs of what? The kingdom. The kingdom. We're heirs. Jesus talks about how we will rule and reign with him when we overcome. Mm-hmm. Those that overcome are going to rule and reign with me, right? That's right. And so this is his kingdom. He is the the anointed one on the anointed hill. He's ruling and reigning over all. And yet he's this gracious, amazing king who wants to rule with mm-hmm. his sons and daughters, uh, rule with his family. And so we're in this amazing opportunity to co-labor with him mm-hmm. uh, in... I guess, exercising the authority of his kingdom mm-hmm. in the kingdom to come. And that word, joint heirs together. Yeah, And I think that's where the battle has been over the centuries, mm-hmm. has been we've, we've wanted to, I think, separate out like, we, like the temptation in human flesh is to go back to the enmity, mm-hmm. to protect ourselves, to identify with those that are like us, and to... You know, I guess in, in, in a simple word, be be selfish. Mm-hmm. And so we've we've made some errors on both sides of the conversation around the one new man of exclusive ex, exclusively claiming things that belong to God as though they're just ours. Mm-hmm. And that word together cancels those errors. Right. In other words, the Gentile church that says God's done with Israel. Well, this this scripture right here destroys that. Mm-hmm. It's not just the Gentile church that inherits the promises of God. No. We are, in, we are joint heirs together. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't superseded them in God's economy. We are inheriting something with them. That's right. And to your point, as you've said, like in the Jewish mind, like, well, we thought this was all about us. <laughs> like we thought we were, you know, now's the time to set up this kingdom. And the Lord's like, it's going to be a pretty small party. Right. I'd like to, you know, right. throw it open and and bring in the neighborhood into this barbecue party and have a blast with every tribe and tongue. That's right. And so why don't we put a couple thousand years on this thing and and get more bodies in this 
party and, and get more of my sons and daughters from all the beauty, the diversity, the image of God being imprinted on humanity. Yeah. And then that humanity out of worship presenting their bodies as living as their living act of worship, according mm-hmm. to Romans 12, back to God. Yeah. And then that becoming the 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 throng of worshipers, as you said in Revelation 7, around the glassy sea. Mm-hmm. That is a beautiful picture, mm-hmm. I think, of the Father's heart, of this rest restored humanity. Yes. Uh, connected with God, connected with one another, and and the relationship is what God is after. That's right. He wants us to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. And you know, Jesus really underlines this in Matthew chapter eight, where he talks about the table of Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying again, as you rightly said, you know, he's there preaching to the Jews, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and he's telling them, many Gentiles are going to come from the east and west and sit down at this table with Abraham. Mm-hmm. And so he's dropping a knowledge bomb on them right there. He's prophetically preparing them for this very reality, the one new man. That's right. Gentiles are going to come into this party, guys. Right. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them <laughs> exactly. Also, I must gather, and there will be one flock, and there will be one, one shepherd. shepherd. That's right. Amazing. Well, I, you know, I take encouragement from, from this fact about God, and that is that even though we see in the natural, in our flesh, a lot of differences between Christians, between denominations, Messianic, you know, Pentecostal, Protestant, Catholic, the list goes on and on. I do know this much, that in the spirit, we are already connected mm. as one people of Amen. God. We're already connected. The moment that any person comes into the kingdom, the moment that they receive their salvation in Christ, that they are filled with the Holy Spirit of God instantly, they are connected to, to Christ and his spirit, which means that they are connected. Like you said, the great hall of witnesses, we are connected to every single Christian person and Christ from beginning to the very end of time. We are all connected in the spirit. The only thing left for us to do is to walk it out in the natural mm. for us to, to learn, for our minds to learn, to receive the revelation, because again, these things were mysteries and Paul really encountered God. And like you said, when he went into the desert, he spent a lot of time and he got a lot of revelation from God. Clarity. I mean, he says, I share with you this mystery. And I think Paul is saying, look, I went out into the desert and I spent like the last five years hanging out with the Holy Spirit. And and I just got this revelation about something that I had no idea. Now, like you said, they were, they, they, they were uh, parts of snippets of these little you know, revelations scattered throughout the Old Testament prophecies. But the the, the clarity about these things, mm. Paul didn't have them, and he knew that the church didn't have them, and the, the rest of the other Jewish Messianic believers didn't have them. And he's, like, excited. Like, I got to tell with you this. I could see him writing like, with the excitement. I got to share with you this incredible mystery. You're not going to believe this, that Christ was this mystery, and, and the church was a mystery, and it includes the Gentiles, and we're going to all come together as one people of God, of Jew and Gentile and free and bond. And, and he's just overwhelmed with the magnitude of the revelation. He shares it mm. and he writes it down so that we would read it and that we would also get that revelation and that clarity so that we're already connected in the spirit, but now we can begin to connect in the natural. And it comes through just these, these friendships. That's right. Sitting down together and breaking bread, having dinner together 
and just, you know, hanging out like we did, you know, tonight, having dinner. <laughs> so that's, that's the way that the one new man is going to come about. It's going to come about through relationships. I know the teaching is extremely important also yeah. for us to gain clarity and revelation about what scripture says. So we want to obviously tell our audience about that, but really we want them to feel the sense of connection and relationship with us and with other Christians. Yeah, the I just want to add one one point as we I know we're running short on time for this episode, but I think what you said is really really important, and I want to underline the importance of this revelation because Paul says this is why he's in prison. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's a lot of people that are mad, and there's actually a lot of demonic powers that are upset mm. that I'm bringing this revelation. You know, he's opposed. That's right. And why? You know, why is he opposed? Because I want to. I just want to share. I believe. You know, the high priestly prayer of Jesus, John 17. I'm praying not just for these that are with me right now, but I'm mm-hmm. praying for all believers who would ever believe in me that, that they would be one as you mm-hmm. and I are one. Right. The oneness that's, that God is after in his family is the thing that Satan hates the most. Yes. And so he's punishing and trying to silence and suppress Paul as a messenger. Mm-hmm. And here Paul says in Ephesians 3.10, he, he drops another bomb on us, and he says God's purpose in this was to declare that God's purpose in the church, the ecclesia, mm-hmm. this un, this one new man, this unprecedented humanity, mm-hmm. God's purpose in this was to declare his manifold wisdom in all of its rich, rich variety to the heavenly realms. Amen. They will see this when we come together. Amen. Our unity, Jew and Gentile, is the specific application mm-hmm. that Paul has been laying out and laboring since... Ephesians 2, verse 11. He's laboring to point out Jew and Gentile unity. This unity yeah. declares God's wisdom to the heavenly realms. Yes. Which when we know it from Ephesians 6, this heavenly realms, this is who we, we wrestle with. Yes. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle against powers and principalities yes. located in the heavenly realms. And so our unity and our love, what I want to leave as a final thought here is it's, it's militant. Mm-hmm. It's warfare. Mm-hmm. It's light versus darkness, and it's God's wisdom prevailing over the the empty, bankrupt philosophies of man mm-hmm. and the deception of demons. Right. And that if we lightly esteem this revelation, we do so at our own peril. Mm. And I would just encourage us, it's this, the same faith that we put in the doctrines of atonement and justification and sanctification. Let us not lightly esteem the doctrine of the one new man. That we put our faith in the blood of Messiah to eradicate a wall of enmity, which frees us up to love one another. And and by doing that, we are literally disrupting the heavenly realms. Amen. And we're causing the kingdom of God to advance. Of course, Jesus says the same thing and much more succinctly than me. They'll know you're my disciples by your your love. love. That's right. And so that is what the one new man, the one unprecedented humanity, that's what it's all about, Yes, is love, Amen. true love. And so want to thank you all so much for listening to this episode on the Commission Podcast. And God bless you. We'll look forward to future episodes that will be coming down the line. If you have enjoyed this podcast from Permission, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our ministry websites. 
We pray the Lord richly blesses you, and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.